What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, Dodger Stadium is going to be filled with holiday cheer at this year's Dodgers Holiday Festival in the newly renovated Centerfield Plaza featuring interactive experiences, larger-than-life holiday scenes, and light installations. For the first time ever, the stadium will have an illuminated open-air ice skating experience constructed across the outfield. The Dodgers Holiday Festival will have a wide selection of seasonally-inspired foods, beverages, and cocktails. The celebration will be held at Dodger Stadium nightly from November 26th through December 31st. And if you want to buy tickets, you can purchase them online beginning at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, November 10th. That's tomorrow at dodgers.com slash holiday festival. So if you're looking for something, you know, fun and festive to do for the holidays, go to Dodger Stadium. Okay, cool. Like that, that does sound fun. I think that I sounds really cool. I mean, a chance to be inside Dodger Stadium where they put together a – you know, an ice skating rink. Didn't they play the NHL like Winter Classic a few years ago in Dodger Stadium? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody remember that? I don't remember that. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it didn't happen. I may have just made that up. Yeah. yeah. Anybody I remember don't, that? I, I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I know it was played, played once in. Yeah, and yeah. I was gonna say well, it was once played in like Columbus. I don't remember LA. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, they. Yeah, there was there. Anybody check me on that? Any fact checkers out there? Did the NHL play one of those winter classics where they built a skating rink in Dodger Stadium? Anybody remember that, or did I just make it up? I I I don't recall that. I I think I mean you might be right. I I just I don't recall it. Like I I don't. Um, like I, here here are the places they've played in the past. I have yeah. it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, Heinz Field, Citizens Bank Park in Philly. Uh, Heinz Field is Pittsburgh, obviously. Michigan Stadium, they've played twice. Nationals Park, Gillette Stadium. Uh, so that's D.C. Uh, that's uh, where the, the Patriots play. Gillette, Bush Stadium, St. Louis. City Field, Queens. Yeah, no, not L.A. Notre Dame, uh, Cotton Bowl, Target Field, twice. Okay, all right, I made it and up. And Tahoe. They did mm, Tahoe, too. Gosh, yeah. I could have sworn I thought they did this once in L.A. But anyway, either way, it's a cool story. Um, if you like ice skating and you like the holiday spirit and you like the Dodgers or Dodger Stadium, what a fun place to go ice skating. That sounds fun to me. Yeah, and I'm looking to see maybe some future places. Maybe that's what you were referring to. Um, let me see. Are there any future ones that they're coming up with that I'm looking at? Hold on. There's Harvard Stadium, but that's in Boston. Um, that's 2024. I once uh, went to one of those winter classics. I went to see... I'm trying to remember who played, but I was in Pittsburgh and I saw it in Heinz Field, and it yeah. was really, really not a fun experience at all. Hockey belongs in an arena, fifteen to eighteen thousand people. Like I'm watching right now, the Kings have a two-one lead over Montreal in the third period. Belongs in an arena, not in a stadium. It was a cute concept, maybe worked on TV a little, but being there, horrible. Yeah, uh, Lindsay, did you find something with them having played at Dodger Stadium? No, no, I'm not. I'm coming up nothing with that. All right. Well, I may have made it up, but it's certainly a possibility. Probably. I mean, yeah. it happens sometimes. Yeah. Taylor, was that you who found that? Yes, this is the NHL Heritage Classic outdoors. The Kings play. Oh, the Ducks. That, it's that right, but it's not the Winter Classic. No, it right. was in the winter, but there was a game at Dodger Stadium in 2014. There yes. you go. All right. So well, I got the cap. name of the game wrong, but I got the, the location right. Yeah, it was the right. Kings and the Ducks, January 25th, 2014. But yeah, it was the Heritage Classic. That's why it didn't come up as the Winter Classic. Yeah. Um, so there you, you have it. But do they still play the winner, the Heritage Classic? It doesn't look like they do that still. So it might have been just like a very short window where they where they uh, they did that. 
Um, so you weren't totally wrong, Kaplan. There no, you go. I get a 50. I get 50%. I get 50% yeah, fine. credit. I'll give you that. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. All right. All right. I'm holding you to this because you right, the Raiders. Go ahead. There Derek go. Carr. Uh-huh. Der- that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. Derek Carr. I'm going to ask you this question. He says that the miscues that they had against the Giants, and they had plenty of them, not the emotions of what's transpired over the last several weeks to them. All right. With two separate incidents with players. Obviously, John Gruden led to the Raiders' loss to the Giants. Do you buy that? Um, not really. Here's what I mean. So while Derek Carr, like any player, would want to believe that the reason you lose a game is not because of the drama around your organization, you lose the game because in-game there are things that happen that don't go your way. And some of them are self-inflicted. And the Raiders had that happen during that game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. But I got to think that in the week of preparation and then with all the travel and, again, all the stuff circulating around the franchise, I got to think that leads to uh, miscues in a game. Mm-hmm. Now, if Derek Carr is right, Hey, no, you know, we had a great week of preparation and, you know, the Henry Ruggs thing is over. And what's this other kid's name? It was a first round draft choice that was brandishing a gun, threatening people. You know, that thing's over with and Gruden's long gone. We didn't lose against the Giants because of all the drama. We lost because of in-game miscues. I'm not sure I can separate those two things. Yeah, I I think that eventually that had to wear on them at some point. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and by the way, you've lost two players, right? Like, I think the Gruden thing is one thing. You can overcome the Gruden thing. You can find another guy who can coach. But when you start losing players because of their own um, activities, and in this case, criminal activities, uh, so not to, you know, uh, you know, belittle the situation or, or, or not make it out to be as important as it is, um, or as serious, rather, as it is, um, that, that will have an effect. So... I, I do think it takes its toll, both, you know, if we're being rational here from a physical perspective, having two guys on, on not, not available, uh, but also just, man, you just keep taking those PR hits, right, where it's Gruden, and that was wild, right? And then the unfortunate circumstances with the victims, uh, you know, that, that were lost to Henry Ruggs, right? And it's not just rugs, but it's the, you know, the finality of death, okay, um, to this young lady and 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 an animal, um, and and just the tragedy all across the board, and then the Arnett situation, which is wild too. So it it just it's a lot. Like anybody would would be able to say, yeah, I get it. You know, I get why they would have lost. Yeah, but I'll tell you this: the Raiders season right now, it is hanging in the balance. Here's why. So you lose to the Giants, which is a team that you are, we think, you're better. Okay, but it's, it's going from Vegas to New York, West Coast teams to East Coast teams. You know, a lot of times that can be a trap for a West Coast team. But they lose the game. Now this week, the Raiders have the Chiefs. After the Chiefs, the Raiders have the Bengals. So we're talking about the Chiefs. Did we lose Cap? I thought it was me that I got he, lost. Nope, that was uh, that was Cap. He said we're talking said about Chiefs. the Raiders and the Chiefs. 
<laughs> Man, we're having all kinds of technical fun today. Woo! Yeah, a lot of gremlins, apparently. Yeah. I thought it was me for a second. I started looking at my uh So my did I. I thought I cut out again. Thing. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, he just texts us his comrades took a bleep. I, I mean, look, here, here's the reality of it. Um, at, at some, and I don't, I don't want to finish his thought because I don't know where he was going. Um, but I, I will just add that <laughs> beyond what I mentioned, you know, this Raiders team who had been playing really well, look, the NFL, and, and beyond the obvious of what I just mentioned about just the toll of all of this, the NFL is based on parody. <laughs> so because of that, like, of course it's going to be tough. Like, it's going to be tough even if you had your full complement of players, even if you hadn't lost your coach, even if there hadn't been tragedy involved with one of your players and and him being irresponsible. Like, all, all, all those things. They still could have probably been 5-4 and four or whatever the hell they are now just because the NFL is just that hard. It's the most unpredictable league in all of sports because it's that hard. The, the league is legitimately predicated on parity. Like, that's the reality of the National Football League. So, the Raiders are, you know, he may be right that the miscues played a, a role in it. And, and you know, but to I think to summarily dismiss, if you're Derek Carr, that that had anything to do with it, I, I don't know if I'd go there. Because life, Lindsay, is specifically about a little bit of everything. Like, there's not one answer to everything right like in life there's probably multiple reasons that certain things will happen and football's no different yeah I mean you're getting very philosophical here no but it's Um, true but but I was gonna say but you're right and it also sounds like something that Cap would say um I think that there's like you said there's a multitude of things that you know the, the whole perfect storm why bad things happen all at once you know and I just think that I don't know. I feel like the Raiders are going to be be fine, though. They seem like, I don't know. I feel like yeah, they're going to no, be fine. I, I, listen, that division is certainly up for grabs. I don't think there's any question, I think, between them and the Chargers and the Chiefs and even the Broncos, right? Like, they're still all in it. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it all shakes out. But, uh, all right, we're going to try to reconnect with Cap. If not, we've got another food day you're going to want to hear today. I mean, we weren't just done with the National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day on a Taco Tuesday to boot. Uh, but we've got also another food take and another edition of what the hell is going on with the Lakers. And on the other side, I'm going to tell you the four biggest questions that this Los Angeles Lakers team has to answer. So we'll have that coming up in just a second. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You know, Skyfall's okay. I love James Bond movies. Um, but I, uh, you know, the first James Bond movie I remember as a child was Roger Moore, right? Roger Moore as James Bond. I want to say it was maybe a view to a kill. Um, 
could have been that. Like I, I, I feel fairly confident. And or I the remember plot. pretty it, well. Well, it was like based in San Francisco, and Grace Jones was in the movie. And um, I'm trying to remember. Um, he might have been in. No, you know what? It was Octopussy uh, that I saw him in first. And get your mind out of the gutter. That's the actual name of the James Bond movie. Um, so it was that one. And I remember seeing that years later. And I was only like six or something when that movie came out. But I saw it like probably when I was like nine or ten. And then I saw A View to a Kill um, as well. Christopher around, Walken was great in that. Yeah, around that time. <laughs> um and that, to me, was, like, the best one. Because it was him, it was Grace Jones. And I remember as a kid, A View to a Kill... Okay, so this is how old I am. When I was a kid, like, in the 80s, ABC used to have, like, the Saturday night movie of the week. Now, granted, it's, you know, it's ABC, so it's not like they were using the curse words or all the, you know, 100% of the violence. Um, but it was still more violent than, than you know, than one would assume. Um, so that would be on a ton. And there was, like, a Duran Duran song called A View to a Kill. Uh, that was not originally supposed to be part of the movie, but it was they decided to utilize it since it had the same title. Uh, but yeah, I love that's how far back I go with James Bond. So it's like eighties. Um, yeah. my favorite James Bond movie is Live and Let Die, which is also Roger Moore. I think that's the best one. Like the plot and everything. Live and Let Die is good. Yeah. yeah, love that one. Yeah, crazy. Live and Let, Live and Let Die is good. Um, I've seen. I saw that way, way afterwards. But I remember the first ones I saw was that. I like Roger Moore. Now people tell me I'm crazy for liking Roger Moore. I mean, I didn't see Sean Connery. I mean, my dad used to watch all those Sean Connery James Bond movies, and I've seen some of them. Um, but you know, they felt like Roger Moore was too campy. Um, most people. But you know, when I was a kid, that's what I that that's who James Bond was. It was him. It was Roger Moore. So, uh, anyhow. Uh, Cap, we have Cap on the phone. Yep, that's what we're gonna do for now. Just while yeah, we work hey, through some technical. Well, Cap, what is the first something, George? What is the first James Bond movie you saw? Uh, first James Bond movie. Have you mentioned one of my all-time favorite Bond movies? Have you mentioned Octopussy? I did, I did, and I knew you'd go there can, just because you, you wanted to say that that title. Um. Okay. How about you? Did you say that? I did. I did mention that I've seen the movie. Yes. And did you say it because you wanted to say that on the air? No, I actually said, Be ca- don't get your mind out of the gutter. That's the name of an actual movie. Oh, I actually just wanted to say that on the air. No, I know. I know you did. Yeah, because I know you because you're like a 13-year-old. <laughs> uh, so what I'm happened? Sure. What happened to your – did you, did you break something again? Okay, look. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a technical person. And I'm not a very handy guy. I felt like I was in the middle of a really good Raider rant. I don't even remember what I was saying, but I felt like it was going pretty well. And then all of a sudden, nobody was there. So the first thing I thought of, okay, like the wire must have fallen out of my headphones. That must be the situation. I start trying to adjust the wire. I look over at what's called our Comrex machine, which is what I'm able to connect to the radio station with to make it sound studio quality. And dude, this Comrex machine just completely died. It's just done. It's dead. It's just, it's over. It just, right there, on the spot, on the air, it just died, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to look down at, we all looked down at ours just to make sure it wasn't us, that it was you. But, uh, yeah, we learned, we learned that it was you. <laughs> do you want to pick up your Raiders take real quick or so? Do you not remember, you, do you literally not remember where the hell you were going? I, I think what I was getting at was, and I think I was about to make a really solid point. Yeah. Or at least that's what I think. Well, that's but debatable. I, I we'll find out ra- shortly. Yeah. Right. Here's the situation. 
the Raiders schedule is about to change the season. In fact, I think what I said was trying to build the drama. Uh, the Raiders season hangs in the balance. Here's what I mean. Yeah. You lose to the Giants. This week, you've got the Chiefs. By the way, George, just so you know, I have my headphones and my phone, and I'm still sitting in front of a microphone as if I'm using the microphone. <laughs> You're got- such a doofus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, you've got the Chiefs coming up. Are the Chiefs good? I don't really think so, but they're 5-4, and four, and they're trying to crawl back into the playoff picture. So you've got that game this Sunday night. The following week, you've got the Bengals. This is about the time where I realized that I was no longer on the air. Bengals are a team that are competing for a playoff spot. Then you're on the road at the Cowboys. Cowboys are in the mix. They're leading their division. And then you finally get a break against Washington. But then you're on the road against the Chiefs, on the road against the Browns. I'm telling you right now, this schedule that the Raiders have, it's pretty tough. And at 5-3 and right now, and all the stuff that's going on around the Raiders, their season really kicks off this week when they start the second half and they take on the Chiefs this, this first week coming up. But I think the Raiders are in big trouble right now. Yeah, I, I do think the Raiders uh, are in trouble, and I'm curious to see how this thing kind of moves forward. But um, it, it's, it is wild. Like, I, I, I think that, you know, look, they, they were a team that needed things to kind of break their way. Uh, they, were playing very, they were playing very well. But I think that as things kind of have unfolded here, um, I feel like that, you know, that kind of whatever that mojo or momentum or whatever we want to call it uh, is pretty much gone. Uh, real quick, um, I mentioned earlier there's breaking news on the Aaron Rodgers thing. So the league has uh, has fined the team three hundred grand, and Rodgers and Alan Lazard were each fined fourteen thousand six hundred fifty bucks. I don't feel like there was, uh, you know, that, I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, like a fart like noise it's not really like anything like all that you know interesting i think well i mean george look uh fourteen thousand dollars is going to punish aaron Rodgers and teach him a lesson that he misled some people would say lied that that he did not abide by the nfl covid protocols hey aaron Rodgers, not only did you not play by the rules not only did you mislead people not only does America now think you're a liar, not only are you having to backpedal and go into damage control mode because all these sponsors are contemplating you know, uh, ending the relationship with you, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to really hit you hard where it counts. We're going to fine you $14,000, to which Aaron Rodgers goes, hold on, I got cash in my pocket. I'll give it to you right now. I mean, fourteen grand, really? That's the punishment? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's very much for sure. Um, speaking of punishing... Um, it feels like the Lakers have been punishing their fans for most of the season, albeit a good win yesterday. I, I, I will take it considering the way the team has been very much on a roller coaster. So I mentioned earlier that we have four things that I think are really important, four big questions that I think the Lakers need to answer if they want to be title contenders. And Kirk Goldsberry, our pal at ESPN.com, who's like the analytics guru, Uh, has this story on ESPN.com about this. And I'm going to ask you these questions, and I want to get your legitimate, honest answer on these particular questions, okay? Now, the first question is, can they stay healthy? Now, you know, people are going to assume, oh, that's a pot shot at the age thing or whatever. Well, I mean, you can say what you want. It, It is what it is. But the Lakers, since Anthony Davis arrived, Cap, are 85 and 32 in games where Davis and LeBron play. That's a 73% winning percentage, okay? 
So it's pretty awesome. But in games where Davis has played without LeBron, it drops to 38%, which is what we've seen here recently, okay? And, and, you know, Anthony Davis has his own set of, of, of issues beyond what we've dealt with LeBron here over the last couple of years. If, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not Dr. Clapper, you certainly don't have a crystal ball, but if you just had to guess that the Lakers can remain healthy moving forward, as I ask you burning question number one on their title hopes, do you believe they can stay healthy? No. Oh, hey, you're back. How do I sound? Much better. George, George, hold on. I know you're in the middle of four things with the Lakers. I have a, a hard unit, like a, a literal piece of, of hardware equipment yes. that I've been using every day yes. for the last year and a half to connect to ESPN 710. Right. Now, now you've I'm got the thing on your phone because Lindsay actually walked you through it. And if you're telling me that I sound studio quality, schmuck that I am, I schlepped all this crap to, to Vegas this past weekend. That's number one. And number two, I'm always trying to figure out, I can't leave my own house because I got this equipment here. I can't ever go anyplace and do anything. You're telling me I can do radio from anywhere on my cell phone? This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in the middle of a broadcast. The, the Comrex goes, thank you, Lindsay Baseball. Yeah. By the way, welcome yeah. to 2021. Because we all have this God. now forever. Yes. All oh of us have God. it on our phone, by the way. I am oh, a legitimate man. idiot. I'm an idiot. I admit it. Yeah. But just for the record, it's not as good as Comrex, but, you know, it'll do. No, it's good enough. Yeah. All, All right. right. Sorry can they stay that. healthy? All right. No, ahead. absolutely not. The, the Lakers cannot stay healthy. We've already seen LeBron can't stay healthy, and I'm concerned that his injury is much worse than they've let on, and he may miss many more games. AD will get hurt because he's hurt, like, every night something else. I mean, his stomach, take that out of it. Thumb, you just never know because he's always flopping around on the ground. So, for me, the answer is no. The Lakers will not be able to stay healthy. Um, all right, what about defensively? Can Frank Vogel, who's done a great job his first two seasons here, making this Lakers team a defensive-minded team, get them to play great defense? Because this, as you know, is one of my biggest points of contention. Okay, my answer is no. I, I, I think that from a personnel standpoint, they don't have great defensive players. They also have guys that, you know, everybody's got to walk around eggshells, you know, with everybody's egos. You know, this guy should play this position. He doesn't want to play this position. This guy wants to score and put up stats. He doesn't want to defend. I just don't think they have the personnel to become a great defensive team at this moment. All right. The third question that we've got here is, will they have enough shooting? Now, let me preface this by saying that the Lakers share of field goal attempts, like the amount of field goal attempts that they take in a game that are three-pointers is over 40%, and they're only making it at a just under a 35% clip. Um, you know, here's the deal. Even And with LeBron, this happens as you get older in this sport. He's also taking 40% of his shots, um, you know, from beyond the arc. So do you believe that with that, I guess, recipe that the Lakers have enough guys that can knock down shots around these guys, LeBron, AD, and, and Russ, who are mostly attackers? No, I don't think so. Not yet. I mean, maybe they make adjustments to this roster. Uh, Carmelo is your best three-point shooter right now. Yes. Is that, yeah. I mean, it's pretty standard, right? I mean, everybody would, would buy in on that. Yeah. Um, who else are the great shooters on this team? Uh, Wayne Ellington's a great shooter. Um, he's been a great three-point shooter, but he's just getting back, right? Mm -hmm. Like yesterday. So, okay. um, 
and he's a, a you know rotation piece perhaps that's playing a few minutes here and there. I mean, they they don't have another great shooter. I would say yes, beyond okay. him and and Carmelo. Okay, and I'm I'm waiting to see Wayne Ellington show me not that he needs to show me anything, but you understand the point. He's just coming back. Yeah. Let's all get to see how Wayne Ellington is as uh, you know as advertised yeah. as a great shooter. And then last thing, the other question is, you know, are you worried about other teams in the West kind of emerging, right? Like, look at the Clippers with Kawhi and Marcus Morris out, right? They're playing better now. They've won, you know, several in a row. Um, and, you know, there, there's talk that Kawhi may play this season now. Uh, Jamal Murray is going to be back for Denver. I mean, they've been in the conference finals. Klay Thompson still isn't playing yet, and the Warriors have the best record in the West. Like, mm-hmm. are you worried about the field a little bit? Hundred percent, of course. Yeah. So I've gone from no, 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 yes, yes. I am very worried about the competition. I feel like we, and I say we, I mean Lakers Nation, buys into all of the hype. You know, once they started accumulating names, we all started immediately saying, "Well, they're going to win the championship again." You know, and and because really, what we were saying is, LeBron needs a few guys around him, and then LeBron is just going to go win what he's entitled to, which is yet his next championship. And so, yeah, I'm worried about Denver. I'm worried about Utah. I'm worried about Phoenix. I'm shocked about Golden State. Yeah, I think that you should be very concerned about the other teams in the conference. Or Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I, I agree. And this is exactly why, because I agree with you in all these, which is why I said they need to retool this roster on the fly uh, at the deadline, because I don't believe that this roster, as currently constituted, is going to be able to put them in a championship uh, situation. Maybe I'm wrong, and and look, LeBron is the great equalizer on that and can change a lot of things. But uh, I I I'm not feeling great about it. Is what I well, let saying. me ask you this. Somebody said to me this today, and I know we got to hit this break, but let me ask yes. you this. Somebody said this to me today. So why are you going to ask me if you know we got to hit the damn break? Why can't you just say, hey, let's talk about this after big deal or no deal? Okay, you know what? After big deal or no deal, I have a trade proposal that somebody gave to me today that I, I can't see it, but maybe you could. Okay, let, let's do that after big deal or no deal. That's coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Speaking of big deals, a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friend Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800 800- 304-2000 and online at samandashlaw.com. Linz, what do you got? Well, what I got is some good news for you guys and everyone who's a big fan of Squid Game because Squid Game is going to be back for round two. 
The director, creator, and writer of the nine-episode Korean thriller confirmed the news on Tuesday. He said that season two was still in the planning process and did not provide details about a release date or when they would start filming, but he did say that Ji Hun will come back and he will do something for the world. Is Squid Game 2 a big deal or no deal, Sedano? I mean, clearly it's a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal because people were watching it in droves, more so than anything ever on Netflix. Uh, I know people were disappointed in the ending, but I, so I don't, I'm curious to see if that carries over. But yeah, it's definitely a big deal. I'm going big deal too. I, I got to admit that I wanted more. And I know that people were down on the ending. I actually want to go back and watch the last episode again because I feel like I was kind of dozing off and I feel like I may have missed some details. But nonetheless, that was one of those shows and one of those series that I just binged in like a few days because everybody was talking about it and it was super interesting and bizarre at the same time. So, yeah, big deal for me. All right. On to the next one. All right, what's next, Lindsay? Did we lose Lindsay too now? Now, how about this for a day, George? How about this? We lost Lindsay in the middle of something earlier. Mm -hmm. Then I have my machine completely blow up. And now Lindsay is once again having what I would call technical difficulties. Yeah, we're kind of cursed, I feel like. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. I've got some questions that I can do uh, if we want to do this real quick. Um, all right. Jeff Bezos jokingly threatened Leonardo DiCaprio after a video surfacing of the actor uh, talking to Bezos' girlfriend. Uh, now, they say that jokes, that when you make a joke, sometimes you're, you're kind of half kidding, particularly when it comes to your significant other. Do you believe that Jeff Bezos is actually threatened by Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, because I do. I believe he is. Uh, big deal or no deal, Jeff Bezos going after Leo? <laughs> um I'm going to go with no deal here. <laughs> um, I feel like if Leonardo DiCaprio were around me and my girlfriend, I'd be in the same. I feel like I'd have the same exact feelings. Like, I don't want this guy around my girlfriend. He's Leo. He's going to take my girlfriend from me. I mean, Jeff Bezos, richest war, one of the richest guys in the world. So he, maybe he feels like he's got all this security because he got all this money. But mano y mano with Leo, I kind of think he's in a little trouble here. Uh, yeah, I don't know about in trouble, but I mean, if there's one dude, I don't, I mean, there are probably a few, right? Him, Brad Pitt, like just certain dudes. I don't care how rich you are. There's that famous and that good looking that it's not going to bode. It could not bode well for you is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay's back. Lindsay, what do you got next? All right. So Tom Brady is not really a fan of the new 17 game NFL season that's being implemented by the league this year. During the latest episode of his Let's Go podcast that he hosts with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. He made his feelings about the 17-game schedule crystal clear, saying, quote, I thought it was a terrible decision, so I don't like the fact that we're playing a 17th game at all. I think 16 is plenty. Brady also pointed out that the players weren't consulted about the 17th game in any way, saying, quote, usually what the owners want, the owners get. So, you know, that's just way, the way the business has gone. Is what Tom Brady said here both about the 17th game and the owners a big deal or no deal, Sedano? I mean, it is a big deal. He's, you know, 
I mean, he is who he is as far as his stature is concerned. I also feel he's very cranky. Like he's just like he's become like this old man get off my lawn thing. About the numbers, <laughs> mm-hmm. complaining about the games. It's like I get it, bro. You're not happy about anything. I get it. But I do like that he's uh, promoting FTX, the uh, crypto exchange. So there's that. Well, George, I mean, when you talk about getting old and cranky, let's face it. Tom Brady is an old man now. He's 44 years old. Yeah, that's true. It's you know happened to I mean? me. I'm definitely yeah, cranky. There you go. You see, that's what I'm talking about. You're cranky. You're 44 years old. You're an old guy now. Look, Tom Brady's right. <laughs> Do you just want all of us to be old with you? Is that what yes. happens? <laughs> Come on, work with me here. Help me. Don't leave me yeah. out on an island by myself. <laughs> I mean, you know? we're not. I, no one has said that. I, I have never said I'm young by any stretch of the imagination. I just have younger sensibilities than you, I think, more times than <laughs> Well, listen, here's the thing. Tom Brady is a little cranky when it comes to this kind of stuff. If you're the NFL owners, here's your gripe. We're not really playing an extra game, Tom. We eliminated a preseason scrimmage so that we could have a more meaningful regular season game on the back end. Well, why did they do that? Because people don't go to preseason games. They're forced to buy season tickets that come with preseason tickets. Then they have to pay for parking and concessions and all the nonsense to watch a scrimmage. So what the owners got was a better situation. They got a 17th regular season game rather than having a fourth preseason game. So they didn't really add a game. They just sort of changed which games had more meaning. Um, But I'm with Tom Brady. I mean, the owners do get what they want. Always. All right. On to the next one. Well, sticking with the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. went unclaimed on waivers today, making him a free agent for the first time in his NFL career. Among the teams reportedly in pursuit, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson is apparently urging his team to make the move. Hypothetically speaking here, would OBJ signing with the Seahawks be a big deal or no deal? Cap? Big deal because Russell Wilson is just coming back from injury. DK Metcalf is a young star wide receiver. Tyler Lockett is a stretch the field, go deep kind of wide receiver. And Odell Beckham could be a guy that could really add. That's why I was saying about the Rams, I didn't think it was a good idea because the Rams already have three good receivers. Um, and if, if Odell Beckham's not the number one, I don't know that he can thrive. However, Pete Carroll's personality, Russell Wilson being a big star, an established star already, Russell Wilson politicking to get Odell Beckham, I actually think Seattle's one of the places where they've got the right coach and quarterback that they might be able to make Odell Beckham work. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I would say it's a big deal. I do think New Orleans is in that conversation as well, though they don't have the quarterback situation that Seattle has. And, you know, Odell says he wants to win. Seattle's de- – I'm sorry, New Orleans' defense is arguably the best in the league, I think. Um, but And they need an infusion on offense, except the quarterback situation is either Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill right now, which isn't ideal. But with Russell Wilson – and Seattle, their defense stinks, but if they load up on offense, do, is that enough to propel them in, in, to what, in, in what's been a disappointing season to this point? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, we've seen teams do that in the past where they've loaded up on one side and it's gotten them into the playoffs. I don't think it gets them a Super Bowl unless they get hot and they can fix some stuff on defense, but it, it certainly makes the league more interesting if he goes to Seattle, so I would say big deal. All right, on to the next one. All right, on to the next one, yeah. So this is a very weird slash interesting one for you guys. And since you have kids, I hope you uh, 
Hope you have some good comments. So many children in the U.S. appear to be extremely hazy on the details about where the food that they eat on a daily basis actually comes from, especially when it comes to meat. In new research found in Sapien Journal, alarmingly, nearly 40% of children believe that hot dogs come from plants. And a shocking 41% were unable to correctly pinpoint that bacon even comes from an animal. Is the fact that so many kids these days know that hot dogs and bacon come from animals a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I would say no deal. Like, you know, they eat bacon substitutes or hot dog substitutes, and they're probably way more healthy than the regular stuff anyway. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, you know, parents can feed their kids whatever the hell they want um, as long as it's nutritious. Like, I have zero issue with it. I'm also going to say no deal. Um, I can remember being a kid, and my father, he liked ham. And my mother came from a kosher family. Nobody ever ate any pork products. My dad loved ham. And I remember one time my mother, I mean, I was a little kid. My mom told me ham is from a pig. And it set me off on a lifetime of not eating ham. Till a few years ago when I was at somebody's Christmas dinner and they had a honey baked ham. That was it, man. That was, All of a sudden I got this newfound passion for ham. I don't think it matters if kids know that bacon is pork or comes from a pig. Or hot dogs come from, actually, what do hot dogs come from? Pork product. Um, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't think it's a big deal at all. I was at dinner last night with my daughters. My daughter loves this one meat dish at this you know, Mediterranean restaurant. And I said, I don't know what this is. She goes, well, I don't even want to know what it is. I don't want to know what it comes from. And I was like, okay, see, kids don't even care. Well, they say that it could be a big deal because it may have a negative environment environmental impact because if kids like if they don't know where food comes from then it's not going to correctly shape their idea of animals and food and the relationship between the two and then kids are just going to be all willy-nilly eating a lot of meat which is not great for the environment so i guess that's why it's a big deal according to the uh, researchers right. let's sneak in one more quickly okay real quick that means fast capital mm. okay so the mm -hmm. college football playoff <laughs> rankings <laughs> Just came out the most recent one. So I'm going to give them to you guys really quick and ask you if yep. you think it's a big deal or no deal. Number yep. five and six, uh, or Michigan is number six. Cincinnati's number five. So they got bumped out. Four is Ohio State. Three is Oregon. Two is Alabama. And one is Georgia. Big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I would say big deal because Cincinnati's still not in there, although they have their shot. Look, Ohio State still has plenty of tough games to play and perhaps the Big Ten championship. I would put Cincinnati ahead of Ohio State. Uh, at the moment. Um, that's Two. just me. Um, I would have them at four. I would have Ohio State at five. But um, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. It could still work out for Cincinnati. I'm going to go no deal because, number one, Cincinnati's got one win on the season. That's at Notre Dame. Otherwise, the schedule, when you're beating up on Tulane, it doesn't impress anybody. Okay, but what does and Ohio I State have on their schedule? Well, Ohio State plays in a much, much tougher conference. No, no, but who conference. have they played? I mean, we're not talking about who they, you know, they play in a much, much tougher conference. Who have they played? All right, hold on. I will, I, will, I will go to their schedule. I will tell it to you. I don't have it committed to memory. I know that surprises you. But um, Ohio State playing in the conference that they play in is is a conference that is respected. Okay, Whereas so let's just do, I'll do it for you. They beat Minnesota. Meh. Mm -hmm. They lost yeah, to Oregon. Major. 
They lost yep. to Oregon. I mean, yep. I, I understand they're playing someone who's major. Okay, they also beat Tulsa, right? They beat Akron. Okay. The, those sound okay. familiar with Cincinnati? Yeah. They beat yep. those Rutgers, are not impressive. Who's a, who, who's a doormat. Maryland is a doormat. Indiana, while playing better the last two years, still basically a doormat. They have a decent win against an overrated Penn State team, and they beat a bad Nebraska team. So they haven't beat anybody yet. You know, you bring up a fair point, George. I'm not here to argue it because it's not really such. No, I needed I to wanna... argue with you because I just wanted to argue with you. No, no, it's okay. I don't mind arguing, but you know, it's it's true. <laughs> you know, you bring you know you bring up a really good point. Like I don't know Ohio State schedule like the back of my hand, but yet I perceive Ohio State because they play in the Big Ten that they play a much tougher schedule because the schools that you just mentioned, Maryland, Rutgers, Nebraska, they're not good programs, but they play in the same conference. Whereas when you look over at Cincinnati and they play in what you would call a mid-major conference, that doesn't really do it normally for the voters. But the reason I say no deal is because is anybody surprised? Isn't this what the college football playoff is all about? Like the biggest of big name brands. They don't want Cincinnati to ruin it. Uh, They don't. They definitely don't want him to ruin it. But I, I think they deserve a shot this year. I think that they are legitimately good. Going into South Bend is not easy in winning. I don't care. Um, you know, what people think about Notre Dame this year, they are, Notre Dame is still a top 10 team this year and they won there. So anyway, and what Cincinnati is cheering for is for Notre Dame to continue to win. Correct. That is big deal. No deal. Each and every day at six 30, we're way over the break. Karen K with a, uh, with an update here on traffic. We will have one last food, uh, day conversation and Scott and I are going to talk to you about some issues at SoFi stadium. That's coming up next. Uh, Nick Lachey, by the way, was the guest picker on College Game Day this past weekend because he's from Cincinnati, and they were at Cincinnati this weekend. I watched that on the flight from uh, Milwaukee to Seattle uh, over the weekend, and uh, he was good. He's been on. He's been the guest picker a bunch of times historically, but uh, and he's usually very good. I don't see what his. I didn't see what his numbers were on the picks this week, but uh, so there you go. Happy birthday, Nick Lachey. How old is he? Forty-seven. Uh, there you go. Yeah, forty-seven. Mm. Uh, real quick, Cap. Yeah. Um, Scrapple. It is National Scrapple Day. Now, I don't love a, I don't love a good Scrapple because I'm not like a spam kind of person. I do enjoy a pork product, but I just don't love spam, and I associate spam with Scrapple. I've never in my life ever eaten spam ever. Okay, um, and that is not to sound elitist. That is to say that my mother would like lose her mind and my grandmother, the same deal. Like, what yeah. is that? Um, you know, I kind of grew up in a kosher house. Um, when I saw Scrapple today, I thought it was a misprint. I thought it was national Scrabble day, like right. the board As game. In the board game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what Scrapple was. Yeah. Um, so clearly you haven't eaten it. Now, Linz, have you had it before? Nope. I've never even heard of it before. Really? No idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Same. yeah. It, it's like pork product, you know? And it could be rabbit, I guess, too, you had mentioned, but it's mostly Ugh. pork product. Oh, I'm good on that. There are oh, people thanks. who love rabbit, man. Let me tell you something. I was watching, it's funny, what's the name of that guy, the, uh, the chef on CNN that does all the traveling? Not Bourdain, they have a new one, obviously. Um, Anthony Tanucci? I don't know, hold on. All right, CNN. all right. Chef... Um, show... I'll look it up. But anyway, okay. he was in Italy... And um, and he was doing this thing where they were doing like straight up like just like authentic meals in like different regions of Italy. Um, and he they were cooking rabbit 
And he looked good. I got to be honest with you. So I, Sta- I, Stanley Tucci. Sorry, yeah. that's his name. I, I I think of rabbits as like, you know, oh, little bunny rabbits running across the street. I don't want to hit yeah. that bunny rabbit with my car or or like, oh, look at that little bunny rabbit. That's going to be somebody's pet. I look at a rabbit kind of like I look at a dog, you know, like I don't look at a rabbit as a piece of food. Uh, one time, George, I was in uh, I was in Europe. I was on a cycling trip and uh, we were in these mountains in France and we stopped into this restaurant and they had rabbits in cages. And I was like, oh, they have pets. And they're like, no, when you order rabbit, we pull it out of the cage. We take it in the back. However, however you, you, you do it. And that's what they did. Yeah. It's very, Gross. It, it's a little gamey for me. Like not my thing. Uh, but I know plenty of people who like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't even like the idea of eating a rabbit. I was going to say, I feel like rabbits should be like pets and not something that you eat. More so it. than most, more so than most foods and animals, you know? Yeah, that's how I feel. Now, yet if I went into a restaurant and they had like a an aquarium filled with fish or a lobster, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you're going to pull it out of there and make it fresh? That wouldn't bother me at all. Yeah. Now, Cap, um, speaking of keeping it fresh, uh, people, you know, in Southern California, when they go to a sporting event, they like to stay fresh. They like to look clean, right? Lakers games yeah. are like that. Um, you know, a, a lot of different events like that. So far, I, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't been there yet. I mean, I know people, you know, a lot of people have gone. Um, but you had mentioned to me there's been a lot of fights at SoFi. I feel like there's just a lot of fights at football games, period. I know, and I and I can't figure it out for myself. Like, are people more violent and angry than ever before? Or is it just simply because we all have phones that have really good video cameras, and then we all have social media accounts, and then these videos go viral? There was a fight at SoFi Sunday night with this Rams fan who doesn't look like a big, strong guy necessarily. And he knocks out, I mean, knocks out two dudes. One guy was wearing a Tennessee Titans jersey. The other guy was wearing so an Aaron Donald jersey. So do you just associate jersey. big dudes knocking people out? Like you don't think like regular dudes can knock people out? Like some regular dudes can fight. Yeah, no, that's just, and that's the other part of it, George, is like, first of all, you paid a fortune to park. You paid a fortune for tickets. You bought beers. You bought hot dogs. You spent so much freaking money at a game, and now you're going to get yourself into a fight and either get knocked out or have to leave because you knocked two dudes out. I'm telling you, it's it, uh, it's a little scary out there right now. I, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I, listen. I, I I go to a lot of football games now again because I I, I broadcast at them. Um, but man, you get to these games, people are getting sauced hours before the game out there in uh you know tailgating and whatnot then they get in get more sauced and then you know of course alcohol causes this stuff more Mm -hmm. than anything else like nobody wants to talk about that part of it but that's the reality of it you get the liquid courage and you get into these arguments and you get a little heated and it's football and it's emotional and it's gladiators on modern day gladiators all that stuff is the thing you know that's what causes this stuff i do think it's look it, does it happen more? Maybe more because the alcohol is more readily available inside and there's more options. But I, I think it's just the cameras. We have access to cameras. It's why I won't take my kids to a football game, to be honest with you. so Yeah, I don't blame you. Not, not my thing. Like, I have little kids. I'm not taking them to a football game. But here's what you need to do. Tell people about Sunday Swagger before we get out of here. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell all the guys out there that right now it's the Black Friday blowout sale. And I know we haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. But all these amazing Sunday swagger, colorful polos that are going to get you all these compliments, they're just $29. You're getting up to 50% off on all your favorite styles. So now's the best time to stock up and save. Get somebody a holiday gift right now. 
ShopSundaySwagger.com for compliment catching polos, t-shirts, and hats. The Black Friday blowout sale is going on right now. Go to SundaySwagger.com and you're saving 50% on all these amazing polos. All right. Awesome stuff, man. Uh, so make sure you go to SundaySwagger.com and uh, get yourself that, that fresh, clean look that we were referring to earlier. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Way to power through with all the technical issues. Crazy that it was this technical with this many problems. By the way, way to go, Kings. 3-2 winners tonight over Montreal. Great job, Lindsay, powering through as well. And Taylor, especially, dealing with all the nonsense uh, in for Laura today. We're done. We will talk to my nana from Downey at Bastard's Canteen. See you then. See you.